I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. world and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. Happy 2022. I hope you all had um, a good holiday break with your friends and family if you were able to get a break and if you were able to see friends and family. I know a lot of people um, were stuck at home um, again this year and I know that's rough and uh, sending love to those who who couldn't be with their loved ones this year. Um, it's rough, but we're here and we've made it to 2022, which is, I gotta say, a a big accomplishment, y'all. We did it. We're in 2022 now. Um, do you guys do resolutions? I do, I do like sort of resolutions. Like I do like, these are the things I want to work on within myself this year These are the things I want to spend more time doing. These are things that I want to cut back on. It's like, for example, I want to spend more time um, focusing on something and and not focusing so much on social media, which is hard for me. I love Twitter. I spend so much time on Twitter. Um, I got to get off that dang dang site. Um, So those are the types of resolutions that I do. But I'd love to know what y'all do, um, and if you made any resolutions for this new year. So pop those in our Instagram inbox and let me know. Anywho, enough of my rambling. Um, 
Happy New Year again. Today on the show, we have Zarna Garg. She is a fantastic comedian. Uh, you've probably seen her on TikTok. She's out there killing the game. And we have so much fun talking. Um, and I hope that I get to see her live and in person soon. So here's my conversation with Zarna. And welcome to the show, Miss Zarna Garg. Hello. Namaste. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I am so excited to talk to you. I love your TikToks. I think you're absolutely hysterical. Um, so I'm so, so excited to have you on the show. I've been talking about it for like weeks. <laughs> you are the best. And thank you so much. I love watching. I love listening to your podcast and watching your show too, because, you know, the near miss, who doesn't relate to that? Yeah, I know. We all have it. We all have those moments where we're like so close to just, you know, that that thing that we think is going to be the breakout in our career and then it doesn't happen and you're just like, oh, okay, well, I guess I got to just keep going now. Yeah. Some of us have more than one. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm there too. Yeah. Um, but tell me a little bit about, you know, your life growing up and everything because you have such a such an interesting history and you've been able to accomplish what so many, you know, dream of doing. So you're a true inspiration for so many people. So tell me a little bit about that. First of all, thank you so much. Uh, I, it, the whole journey is quite accidental, to be honest with you. No Indian woman dreams of becoming a stand-up comedian. I can assure <laughs> you that. We don't even know it's a job. I didn't even know this was a real job that like, people would pay money to, you know, it, it never occurred to me or to anybody in my world. And and had my parents been alive, they would have been like, oh my God, we got stuck with the funny one. Like we didn't get the accountant. We didn't get the doctor. We didn't even get the dentist. We got the funny one. Like that's how far my world is removed from being funny. Yeah. But but I have lived in America for a long time. I've, my children are born and raised here in New York City, and they are all American. I mean, mm. you know, they're like, you always make people laugh. You should become a comedian. They just said it as if it was nothing. <laughs> and, and that's what started this whole journey into comedy. Um, and it's been, I mean, I didn't think anybody would care what my stories were, honestly. Like who, I mean, I'm a mom, I'm as basic as it gets. And I really didn't think anybody would care about me and my mother-in-law and our everyday shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out that they are highly relatable. Like I found out that they're very relatable things that, you know, every woman or every person is going through in their own life. Yeah. Well, and I think that's that's what separates you and your content and your your style of comedy from so many others is that it, it really is. You can tell that it's super personal and that it, you know, it's your own experience. And I think there is something to be said, too, about how, you know, you came into comedy kind of at a later, later point than most people. So there's so much there's so much material there. I mean, you have a lot like, you know, lifetime of material unused. So it's, yeah. it's like you're bringing a fresh, you're bringing a fresh voice into the comedy world. I mean, I, I, I don't feel like there's anything fresh about me, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, but because no one is, you know, dumb enough to start as late as I am. Like, I, I really <laughs> must be the world's slowest, latest bloomer. Because it never even occurred to me. All my life, I made people laugh. And I never occurred to me that comedy could be a thing. 
Wow. But I'm here now, and believe me, I'm mining every story for what it's worth. I mean, my kids, <laughs> I, I put them to like I believe in child labor. Just put that out there. <laughs> I put my kids know my son got me started on TikTok. Like I harass him. I'm like enough with the homework. Work on the TikTok. Oh my god! I was gonna ask you what started the TikTok, and it it's your son. My 15-year-old son, you know, oh during God. the pandemic, like I had just started comedy and I was just starting to get a little bit of traction and people were starting to enjoy it. And then the world shut down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought already the odds were stacked against me. And then with this big shutdown, oh I thought it was over. There's no way I'm recovering from this. You're like, the universe does not want me to do this. That is no, a clear or my, sign. Or my mother-in-law. I mean, she's wicked. I'll tell you that. <laughs> She is wicked and she prays like 20 times a day. So I was like, oh God, she's even got connections. <laughs> you know, in all the worst of places because I don't pray at all. So I was like, I'm done. Like I'm doomed. Oh my and, God. Uh, but my son, my 15 year old, uh, who is a TikTok superstar uh, viewer, mm. and not, not a creator, but he's like a star level viewer of TikTok was said to me, mom, I'm starting to see comedians. Mm. And, you know, at the time, we all thought TikTok was 14-year-old girls dancing. Like, I didn't yeah. pay any attention to it. I was like, whatever, you know. First of all, if my kid is saying something, I don't want to hear it. That's just <laughs> that's just the baseline. But he took some of my jokes and edited them himself and just put them out there. Wow. And, and we woke up. Like, I remember we put the first joke out there. Within a day, we had a million views. What? And then I thought, this must be normal for TikTok. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know the <laughs> platform at all. So I was like, this is how it must be. You know, it's like like one of those countries where the currency starts at a million, you know. So I was like, oh, it's probably. But then the more I saw how intense, it's not just that I have the views. It's the intensity of the engagement. It's a thousands of people chiming in from all over the world. One of the first bits of mine that, that got traction on tiktok was i've never said i love you uh Mm. to my husband and honestly like why would i it's only been 23 years there's a lot of time (laughs) to go but the minute that joke landed the amount of people that came out of the woodworks and said we don't say it either it just snowballed into its own thing wow you know, I thought I was the only one and it turns and and then I thought maybe it's just Indian people, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. You know, it became like a bit of a revelation how r- different reality might be from what Hollywood projects as romance. Oh, yeah. And how people actually live. And somehow I got I, I I'm in the middle of that pop culture discussion. That's a really fascinating discussion to be a part of, too. I was recently talking with my friends about, like, what kind of um, dating personalities we are. And I'm very much so the romanticizer. I'm very much so, like, a product of watching Disney films as a child and thinking that I, you know, this Prince Charming was going to come, you know, at my doorstep and proclaim his love. Um, So I've been working through that as well and trying to figure out my expectations versus reality because like you said so much of what Hollywood puts out of what we see on television and in films is just this like false reality and it's not real it's not how real relationships work and it's not you know just what people experience day to day within their relationships either 
Well, I think, look, it might be real for some people. The thing is that it's just not how every relationship works. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't have to be. That's the message. Like, there, there are any number of us who don't say I love you at all, but we've lived with each other and, and we've done far more meaningful things than saying I love you. Right. Like, I do check my husband's emails for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that not love? Yeah. I think so. You know, I do snoop around in his closets, but it's its own for his own good. <laughs> and it's my way of showing love and there's nothing wrong with it. I, you know, I'm just joking. But, <laughs> but that, that was, by the way, another TikTok that did really well was me saying, like, I like to snoop around. And I like literally like millions of people from all over, like, we do too. <laughs> You're like, I'm kind of joking, but okay. <laughs> But okay, you know what? All right, maybe there's something here. Uh, I do think that, uh, ho- listen, Hollywood is generally selling a story that needs to fit neatly within a certain time constraint mm-hmm. and needs to finish and start and finish in a certain way. Life does not work like that. No. That's the message. And and that's, you know, that's, if you look into the deeper discussions on all my social media pages, like people really get into heated debates with each other mm. about how messy it can get and what, and I support it. I think it's great. I think yeah. people have found a world to have air out there and celebrate their quirks right. and whatever makes their relationship quirky. Do you ever get into that conversation? Do you ever like, you know, when there's a battle going on on your page? You know, I I wish I was mature enough to stay out of it every time. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'll tell you like one joke that that gets me involved. I read like I have a joke about how like it's, you know it ends with you're not even a you. It's what chiropractors are not as good as doctors. That's the punchline, and and that joke gets heated. Like people loving their chiropractors all over the comment section. <laughs> And they write things like, we trust a chiropractor with our, tr- with our life. And then I just can't resist. I'm like, really? You do- really? Like, if you're about to have a heart attack, you're going to be like, let me go to my chiropractor, go to chiropractor office. <laughs> no. You know, I, no. I, resist, I resist so much to get involved. <laughs> and I don't want to take sides because I want to encourage the debate. But so- some topics will, will like just pull me right in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. 
On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. Um, tell me a little bit about your your shows. You have My American Dream and Sorry Not Sorry. Um, yeah. Please, I'd love to know everything about both of them. <laughs> so the shows, listen, any show that I do is is about the immigrant experience in America. Mm. It's about the immigrant life, a, you know, a traditional immigrant family, what we leave behind and why we come here. The mm. whole reason I started doing these shows is actually to re, to remind the American audience that we're here for a reason. We leave a lot behind. I mean, last few years have been very difficult. I feel in the American psyche, a lot of like, we're not good enough. The world is laughing at us, whatever, for any number of reasons, political, this, that. And I want to be a voice that reminds people that people like me leave everything behind and come here for a reason. That it's great here and we make it work here. Uh, so the show, every show I do is some version of it. Mm. My uh, my goal is always to have my audience here feel amazing and elated when they leave. To remind them that our differences are not that big. And that, yes, for as much as the world likes to laugh at America, I can give you plenty to laugh at the rest of the world about too. Right. You know, um, <laughs> And that's what, and of course, you know, I pick on my mother-in-law, which is kind of <laughs> the mainstay of a lot of my the running shows. running theme. Yeah. I mean, she's <laughs> such a normal villain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like if Marvel is trying to write like a n- real villainous story, they need to go after the mother-in-laws uh, all over the world because that there's some real sinister stuff happening. Uh, and you don't even <laughs> need special effects. It's all words. <laughs> uh, but those, that, those are the foundation of all my shows and I have a new one coming up on February 4th uh, which I'm basically just calling she said what because a lot of what I've realized is that people get surprised by the things that I say Mm. Uh, surprise is one of the emotions that I get regular feedback on so now I'm kind of digging into that space and saying more of the things that most Indian women won't say I'm not a typical Indian woman and I want to own that aspect of me now. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what separates you from so many other comedians is being able to have this very distinct voice within the the comedy world and really let people know your experience and the immigrant experience, like you said, and the Indian woman's experience um, through comedy, which you we don't have really. I mean, you know why? Because like, I'll explain that to you. Like in America, comedy is very normal. Here you, you know, you get on stage, you trash your president, your, your <laughs> whatever. It's fine. Yeah. It's not so outside this country, right. not so easy. And especially in India or the surrounding nations that are more conservative nations, not easy at all. Like it is shocking to me that I'm the only married Indian woman doing these jokes. Mm. It's shocking to me. If you consider how many Indian women are out there, how many Indian people are out there, you would think there's so many of us. Right. In theory, India is a democracy. They should be able to say whatever they want. And yet no one is willing to do it. And culturally, we don't. Like we may hate each other, but we're not going to get on stage and rant about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think I accidentally found myself on the stage and 
every stage feels like an intimate setting, even though now with social media, things get blown into millions and stuff. Oh, yeah. But when you're doing a show, it feels like you're doing it with your, you know, few friends. Right. So when I went down this journey, I didn't really think about it. Like, I honestly didn't. I thought, okay, 10 people are going to watch this. Who who even cares what Zana thinks about anything? And then it kind of just grew and grew. And now, you know, the world knows how much I love my mother-in-law. I'm, we're being recorded, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love, I love yeah. my mother-in-law. Can you just use that as a highlight? Yes, I really 100%. I will yeah. I will use that as a highlight. Um Thank you. Uh yeah, I mean I think what you're doing is really special and and being able to, you know, share your your voice is special. Um and I want to talk to you a little bit more about sharing your voice because you recently started writing screenplays as well and you yeah. got the 2019 Austin Film Fest Best Comedy Screenplay Award, which like that is insane it that's it's one of like the hardest screenplay festivals to to place at um it's incredible like what an accomplishment you achieved with that thank you again just writing straight from the heart did it like honestly had i had i had i worked towards that as a goal i probably would never have reached it Mm -hmm. i didn't even know austin festival was a thing until i finished writing the thing Because I wanted to focus on getting the story out from my heart onto a piece of paper without much, uh, without much manipulation as to what somebody else might like. Right. So really my focus the whole time I was writing it was on what is the story I want to tell. And then once I finished writing it, I started looking into, you know, I was so naive. I really thought if I wrote this story, I'll call the CEO of Disney and be like, now make it. I wrote it. (laughs) Can you just make this, please? Thanks. I really thought that's how movies must get made. Because, you know, honestly, had I known how hard it is and how difficult the whole journey is, I may not have done it. I may have been discouraged right at the outset because the... I know now in hindsight how daunting and uh, uh, what the odds are of getting something made. But had I known back then, I would have probably just been like, I'm not like, go to dental school. They're right. (laughs) (laughs) They're right. I feel like that's a big advantage for you, though, too, is like having that, you know, going in kind of naive and wide eyed. It definitely it helped you because you didn't have those predispositions of like, I'm automatically going to fail. I'm automatically not going to be able to do what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, definitely ignorance has been bliss in this case. And I'm, I'm anyway, I'm an entrepreneur. I, you know, I, I believe in jumping and building the parachute on the way down, as they say in entrepreneurship lingo, you know, if you want to do something, you just have to do it. Like no one can, even if the odds are stacked against you, you might be the one to break through. You don't know that until you take that chance. So You're, I'm a yeah. big person. I'm a big proponent of encouraging everybody to take every chance. I'm like, I'm out there. People send me sometimes the quirkiest, well, except my kids, just to be clear. They're not going to listen to this, but my kids are not allowed to take any chances. Everybody else, yes. <laughs> They're going to be doctors, right? They're going to be doctors. Absolutely. Doctors and lawyers and yeah um so tell me speaking of you know taking chances tell me a uh a chance that didn't go so well (laughs) Uh, because on this show we like to share you know the the bad stories the funny stories of things that have happened along the way 
so I can share one that's specific to comedy and then maybe one for acting later. Perfect. Uh, so AGT, you know, America's Got Talent. Yes. Invites auditions all the time. Mm-hmm. And for since I pretty much started comedy, I've been either approached by AGT producers or by bookers at club. You would be perfect. You should apply to AGT, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. I looked into what's involved in applying and, and I have twice applied and once I was invited for an audition and what I realized is that the whole taping requirements and how you edit the tape and the the technical aspect of it is so important and I just don't know how to do all that stuff Mm. as well that I never made it past the audition stage because or in the second time around didn't even make it to the so so here's like forget improving I actually declined in my ability (laughs) how did that happen I at least got the audition the first time around I might could it be possible that I did more comedy and my comedy got worse oh my god (laughs) but you know what it is like creating those edited tapes just right with with the lighting and the anger I, I couldn't do it yeah. I'm a mom trying to survive a pandemic. I'm a business owner running this comedy business, trying to get jobs for myself and my fellow comedians. I'm a comedy producer and I just couldn't do it. I gave up. I honestly, mm. the amount of back and forth I went through with the AGT people, no, this tape, no, do it this way. No, do it this way. I was like, you know what, guys, Like, I'm trying to live. I have three yeah. kids. Like you see me in the clubs, you see me everywhere. Like either at some point, yeah, either like me and you want me or you don't. Mm-hmm. So it's, I just get, I have so much respect for actors, for performers who have to work over and over and over and submit that perfect tape. But I'll tell you, this became an experience in where age really is not on my side. Like I do mm. have three children. I'm running a business. Like I cannot afford to, be taking time off of active performing time when I'm getting paid to make another tape because right. I just can't, I have bills. I have a kid in college. I've got two kids in school. And I, at some point I gave up, I couldn't take it. Even though I can tell you that every booker who recommended me, even the producers themselves, we love you. We, we're, we You know, America needs you. And I was like, I don't think they need me badly enough. Like, <laughs> I, I can't do one more edit. I just yeah. can't. Like you, it's, and I understand that their system works for them. So this is not a dig at them. I'm just telling no, you but the mean, ground reality. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who's lost a no. job because they couldn't figure out the technical aspects of what exactly these people are looking for. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of stories even within the past, you know, two years of Zoom auditions where it's like the video stops working and it freezes halfway through the audition and the actor loses the role. Um, So there's so many technical things these days, especially now um, that are getting in the way of progress within your career. But also, like you said, like the, the experience of having to retape something over and over and over, it is so daunting. Even, you know, as somebody my age doing auditions for, you know, film and television, it's like, if I get asked, you know, three or four or five or six times to record something as a self-tape and not even like be in, you know, a Zoom or a room with somebody, it's like, either you like me or you don't. Like, you've you seen my previous yeah. work. Like, it, there's there's a disconnect. Like, telling me to change where the light is a little bit isn't going to make the performance different. 
So you either want me or you don't want me. A hundred percent. And and like you said, it, look at the world we're living in now. I have more than one hour of comedy chopped up in bits mm-hmm. between my TikTok and my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Like you really don't know what I'm about. Yeah. Are you I mean, okay, it's, you it's know, simple to go onto your TikTok and see like, okay, this is, you know, this is her style of comedy. This is what she likes to do. These are her you know, narratives. I have so much respect for the performers who do it and do it and persist. But I I have no shame in accepting that I failed miserably at it. I couldn't <laughs> keep up. I even right now have a request pending from somebody at AGT saying, you know, you should really submit. I was like, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. I don't think you guys realize that I don't have a technical team. I'm one person. Right. You know, so it's something I just, I let it go. Well, and I think, I think that's a very healthy mentality too, because, you know, as an artist, as a performer, not everything is for you. Not every no. opportunity is right. So maybe this right. is one of those things that's like, this isn't right because I'm already on the path for something else. Yeah. And, and it is what it is. And, you know, they, they have their system. I respect it. I, you know, I respect that they clearly they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for years and years. But, you know, our paths will align when they align. I, right. I can't force the situation. That's for sure. So what is next for you? I mean, you're on this incredible journey right now in comedy. Where do you want to, you know, grow? Where do you want to explore? I mean, I have a lot of live events happening. I'm going to be in Las Vegas in February. I'm going nice. to be at Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. in March, which I can't even Oh, my gosh. Nor believe. Like, it's life is just so filled with surprises. Uh, big, huge thanks to Maz Jobrani, the uh, Iranian-American comedian who has invited me to be a feature on a show. Wow. Uh, you know, huge, huge gratitude to him that he considers me and my act worthy enough to be a part of his show. Uh, and of course, I'm writing. I have a sitcom that I have written, a sitcom um, pilot that is being shopped around right now. I have a reality series that I pitched, uh, you know, because people seem to enjoy me yelling at my kids. <laughs> okay. I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah. I think I think when they see me yell at my kids, they all go to each other and say, see, we're not the only ones. A hundred percent. And, and that, that seems to be getting a lot of interest. So we, I have a, you know, and of course, I'm working towards my one hour comedy special, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping to tape in 2022. That's amazing. I, it's, it's so inspiring um, to see your journey and how kind of quickly it's all happened. But, you know, later. It wasn't something that you started at like, you know, 17, 18. It was something you started yeah. already with a whole life. Yeah. It's, I um, mean, listen, you use what you can, right? I, yeah. I don't have the advantage of youth, but I do have the experience and I try to use all of it. Yeah. Every story I've ever had with my kid is going to be out there. <laughs> you better believe that. I mean, what's the point of having children if you can't, you know, use them? If you can exploit them. Yeah. yeah. You have Absolutely. To. Thank you. Thank you for understanding that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zarna, yeah. it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. I really, really appreciate you, you know, spending some time with me and maybe I'll drive out to Vegas to see your show because sounds I fun. would <laughs> love that. Please do that. I would love to meet you in person. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor. And uh, I look forward to connecting future down, you know, on social media and, and, and in every way possible.
Of course. Thank you again so, so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again to Zarna for coming on the show and kicking off 2022 uh, in the right way with lots of laughs. So thank you. I'm excited to see her show. Um, I might actually go out to Vegas if it's safe enough to go to Vegas. I might just, you know, drive out there and see her. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Please leave some rates and reviews and some love. And uh, follow us on social media if you want to see some uh, clips from the show where we're actually speaking face to face. And we'll be back next week. Happy New Year, y'all. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But Wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to Season 1, we are thrilled to announce the launch of Season 2. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you. And let's make Season 2 even more memorable together.